Hi there, it's Melvin. Just wanted to take a moment to thank the team over at Thryzer for supporting this month's podcast sessions. Thryzer is a payment platform that you have to check out if you are a private pay therapist and accepting out-of-network benefits. It basically helps clients save on therapy up front. Thryzer can help verify a client's out-of-network benefit ahead of the first session so that they get transparency up front on what their out-of-pocket costs will be. I'll tell you more about Thryzer here in the middle of our session, but if you go to sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, you actually end, then enter the code STC upon sign up, you get your first $2,500 in fees waived. Again, that's over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash Thryzer, and be sure to enter the promo code STC. So we'll jump right into today's podcast session. Hey friends, it's Melvin. I hope that you're doing well. So we're actually on break from the Selling the Couch podcast, but I hope that you enjoyed this podcast conversation from our archives. In the meantime, if you are thinking about creating an online course, I know that many of us may be thinking about that right now in the midst of the pandemic and in a post-pandemic world, whether it's just to diversify our income uh, beyond therapy work or uh, just to feel like we have a bigger message to share and we want to be able to share that in a different way. Uh, beyond just our geographic area. If all of that sounds awesome and you've been thinking about creating an online course, I just wanted to invite you to download the free A to Z online course guide. Uh, I launched my first online course back in 2015 to a $297 first sale and through a lot of just hard work and uh, a lot of trust in colleagues to purchase the course. So we've now had over 275 of our colleagues purchase the Healthcasters podcasting course, and I've learned a ton about what it takes to launch, grow, and scale a podcasting course and a course in, uh, in general. And uh, that guide just has a lot of helpful information to help you get started. We're also launching something called Online Course School. This is a live cohort experience. So meaning that this isn't like a digital course on courses, although eventually it will have that. But this is more of a live experience where we therapists can gather over the course of six to eight weeks. And what I will do is I will teach you everything that I know about how to launch and grow a successful online course. We'll start with your idea and how to validate your online course. We'll then work through what your lessons and modules and all of those different things will look like. We'll actually take time and and actually do exercises to get those down. We'll come up with your course title and your subtitle uh, in a way that your students are excited to want to purchase that course. And then we'll talk about actually how to record and market your course as well. And you'll be joined with others in community and you'll have an accountability buddy and a bunch of really awesome stuff. And uh, if any of that sounds awesome, I encourage you to download again the online course guide over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course guide. So we'll get right to today's session. Have a great rest of your day. Hello, hello. Welcome to session 243 of Selling the Couch. Hope you're having a wonderful day. So I'm actually recording this in the middle of April and we are actually at the peak of COVID, which I'm hoping is the peak. At least that's what the 
experts are saying. So I know that when this episode goes live, I'm really hoping that we're just in a different season of life and not having to worry about this. But I also feel like, you know, opportunities like this give us the chance to think differently about private practice and even maybe thinking about some of the things that we've been putting aside and and starting those things. And so today's podcast episode is actually one of those options, which is I'm talking with Lauren Hahn. Lauren is a licensed mental health counselor down in Orlando, Florida. And Lauren has built her successful private practice through blogging. I wanted to have Lauren on because I know that many of us are thinking about blogging or are in the process of blogging or have started blogging and stopped. And I wanted to just have her on just to share her process around this. Uh, Lauren has been blogging now for several years. And at this point, she, for the most part, releases a blog post a week. And she is here to just share her process around how she started with blogging, what her first blog post was about, and how she kept going beyond how she had the courage to write that first blog post, and then move beyond to writing subsequent blog posts. We're going to talk about Lauren's niches and how she writes blog posts specifically to cater to those niches, where she gets inspiration, how she writes down her inspiration. Some You'll get some pretty cool ideas, I think, in terms of tools that you can use and things like that. And then we wrap up with some of the most important lessons that Lauren has learned along the way. So in terms of when it comes to blogging and how to use this medium in order to to speak to our ideal clients. Hey friends, we are on sabbatical from the STC podcast. This is my first sabbatical in seven years, but we will be back in April with brand new episodes of the STC podcast. In the meantime, there are a lot of things happening still with STC. Uh, Among them is a brand new workshop that we put together for you that you can sign up at a date and time that works for you. If you are a successful private practitioner and interested in launching an online course, you can check out that workshop over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Again, that's sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. So we'll get right to today's podcast session. Here's my session with Lauren Hahn from mindfullivingcounselingservices.com. Hey, Lauren, welcome to Selling the Couch. Hi, Melvin. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, Yeah, I'm so grateful for you. And I'm grateful for your tech smarts because you guys don't know this that are listening, but Lauren was like a master like tech genius. In a matter of a couple of minutes, she figured out how to fix a microphone that was not working. So mad props to you as well for that. Well, thank you. I'm like really excited about our conversation because one, I think, you know, when folks like see what we're going to be talking about, I think there's definitely going to be a part of some folks that will be like, what? There's no way I can do something like writing a blog and getting private practice clients. And you've done that. And so I'm really excited just to hear from you, to pick your brain and and grateful that you're willing to share. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much. So you shared with me that you attribute a lot of your private practice success to blogging. And so what I wanted to just do with the majority of our time together is just share some of the 
tips that you've learned along the way. How does that sound? That sounds like a great idea. Okay. So what would you say in terms of, I guess, blogging, maybe let's even start at the very beginning. So what made you even decide like, hey, blogging might be a good idea, you know, versus just putting a private practice website up and not really like, and doing sort of minimal maintenance on it? So blogging was attractive to me. One, I started my practice when I was still a stay-at-home mom. And so I needed to market, but I needed to market at night when my kid was sleeping. So I was able to you know, write blogs and speak to my ideal client without actually having to go out and speak to my ideal client. So that was the really like the appealing reason for me to start that way because I was my free time was so limited. That's such a cool way of looking at it because I think what you're saying is you try to find a medium that was conducive to like your family schedule as opposed yeah. to, you know, feeling like, oh, I gotta have to do something and I'm gonna just fix my or fit my family around it. Yeah. Yes. So you were a stay at home mom at the time and you thought, you know, blogging is a good option. So at that point when you first started blogging, did you even have an idea of like who your ideal client was? Or was it something that more evolved as you started to write more? So my it definitely evolved over time. It's funny because if I go back and look at my blogs from the beginning, I have them all or up, they are all up there. Whether they're wonderful or not, the whole history is there. And the, my very first blog post is not really written for any one person. And so that definitely evolved over time. But I also think writing helped me identify who my ideal person was that I wanted to work with. And so, yeah, as I continued to write blog posts, uh, it became more and more and more refined. And I took also, I took a couple of different courses that helped me figure out really how to get the most out of blog writing. I love to write. I've always loved to write. And I also, I just wanted to make sure that what, how I was investing my time was a way that was going to really give me a lot of bang for my buck, if you will. Now, I completely understand that. You said a lot of really good things there. So I wanted to break down a, a couple of things, if that's okay. Yes. One of the first things you said was your blogging evolved over time. I think for many of us, we want to blog, right? But there's a fear that we have to get it like just right the first time, right? Whereas you said, you know, you kind of just started and that process of writing over and over is what allowed you to refine it. How did you get into that mindset initially to tell yourself, you know what, I'm just going to be gentle with myself and give myself permission for this thing to evolve versus I got to like get this perfect? Oh, I think I'm such, I can have such a perfectionist way about me at times. And I had to just kind of have a little talk with that part of myself, really. And just say, you know what, I know that I don't really know how to do this right now, but I'm just going to get the wheels going. I'm just going to get started and I'm going to do the best that I can. And I'm going to get some training and education and learn how to do this, but I'm just going to start. And Yeah. I mean, I must like liken it to when we even first start with like basic counseling skills in grad school, right? 
And that very first, oh my gosh, I still remember like my very first mocks, you know, like therapy session. It was like only 15 minutes, but I was like so nervous. But like it reminded me of that, right? You just like at that first session, I had zero idea what I was doing, right? I was just trying to get through those 15 minutes. (laughs) But and I think it sounds like the way you're saying is blogging is like that, right? Like you put your stuff, you put your ideas into the world and and it's definitely not gonna, it's gonna be messy and it's not gonna probably not gonna sound that great. But it's that whole, it's the courage to put it out there. I think it's not just about putting it out there, but I think it's about ultimately about expanding that part of yourself that that wants to create this and giving yourself permission to do that. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's exactly right. So you said this other thing, which I was like really curious. You said, you know, you, your first blog post, it's still up there, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. two things, what was the very first blog post about? Because you said it wasn't exactly like, you know, catered to anyone. Uh-huh. I can't actually... So I know that I talk about a fish being out of water. Uh I think I a lot in the beginning, I talked about belief systems and how belief systems drive so much of our perspective. And and I can't... You know, honestly, I can't even remember. Mm. It definitely... It was just more of like, in general, how our belief systems shape everything and how we're not aware, that's right, how we're not aware of how our belief system shape things because it would, it's like a fish is not aware it's in water. That's actually more in, in line. And it's just super general and it doesn't really speak to anybody. So yeah. <laughs> it's quite deep though. I mean, it's pretty impressive. <laughs> One, you remembered that. And then two, I think, I mean, this, the imagery is is beautiful. So when you, after that first blog post, I want you to even just share with us, like, so you put that first blog post out there and then over time, like how, what did that process look like? I mean, I know this is like, I imagine it's like a lot of tweaking, a lot of refining, it's messy of like now going from a general idea to one where you're actually speaking to ideal clients. Yes. So that process started to get refined. So I did, I want to speak to the the two trainings I took, I think. Yeah, no, that was actually one of the questions I was going to ask. But yeah, no, jump in and feel free to share. Yeah. So I did my first coaching that I did was by Tamara Suttle. It was Blog Start for Therapist. And I think it was like a six-week course. And she taught about the ideal client who am I speaking to, ways to make a blog post look attractive and be readable, a little bit about SEO. And so that was my kind of jumping off point. I was like, okay, so I've been... I think she might have even used the term, if you speak to everyone, you don't speak to anyone or something like that. And I was like, ooh, I've been going about this really not in a very efficient way. So I need to figure out Who am I speaking to? So that started the refining process for me and the readability probably of my blog post and making it actually where it would be informational and helpful. And then through that process, I did ended up doing a boot camp with Miranda Palmer and Kelly Higdon. (laughs) Yes. And then really did a deep dive into who my ideal client is and really refined that. And I, I basically have three and they actually can be 
all of the same, but they can be, let me just say, toxic relationships, anxiety, and trauma. So one person can have all of those things, or they, that can be three different people. So those were the topics I started writing about. And, uh, and I started, yeah. Mm -hmm. It is cool because I think this is something that a lot of, a lot of us struggle with, which is we feel like we have to have these very clear cut niches. And the reality is just the like human experience and all of these things, there is like our niches are going to have a lot of overlap, you know? How did you narrow it down to toxic relationships, anxiety, and trauma? So uh, I've been asked this question a lot lately, and I've just decided to be honest. Um, It's my history. I have some childhood trauma. I have some big T trauma. And all of that stuff led me to have trouble in relationships and also have a lot of anxiety. So I had a personal interest in really learning as much as I could about how to help this particular group of people. And I have done a lot of my own work. I know that it can feel really overwhelming and daunting to be in this place of feeling like, oh my gosh, my relationships, they're so anxiety provoking, all the stuff that goes along with being that person. And I'm on the other side of that for the most part. I'm not perfect, but, and I just feel like I have a lot that I can offer people who are struggling with similar issues. I feel like many times, I mean, I feel like many of us in private practice are like wounded healers, you know, and what you just said about, about your own experience. I mean, that's probably the singular reason for my niches in private practice. And because I, I felt like, and I think this is what you're saying too, like, because you have gone through the healing process, and of course, like all of us are constantly healing and there's still stuff, right? But because you've gone through that process, like it's personal for you. So I would imagine even when you create content that speaks to any of these niches, there's there are experiences that you can pull, there are insights, there it's personal. You know, it's not just like these are the, you know, five characteristics of anxiety and you know, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Yes, I was taught it by in boot camp to speak to the pain point to really have that come through in my writing on my website and my blog posts. And that's really easy to draw from from my own past experience. So when people are like, I read your stuff, and I feel like you really know me. And you know, I don't unload all of that in the beginning. But yeah, I'm like, yeah, I do. I do really know. And fortunately, you know, most, mostly on the other side of that. I mean, again, I'm not perfect, but yeah, a lot of healing has happened. I've been very lucky right. to get good counseling. <laughs> right. No, absolutely. I mean, I think it, yeah, definitely. I mean, side note, it speaks to the importance of doing our own therapy and doing our own work because I feel like we're ju- we are just so much better equipped to be able to handle that in private practice when we're aware of our own, you know, and have done that work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You said something earlier. So you said, you know, one of the things that you do is when you blog, you write to your ideal client. Mm-hmm. And so you have these three niches. So is it, and then it sounds like almost like every blog post is like a unique challenge or a struggle within this niche, right? Yes. And then, so when you say you write to your ideal client, are you like envisioning, like, are you, do you envision writing to yourself? Do you envision like writing to your favorite client? Like, 
what goes on, I guess, like a mental picture wise for you? So for me, I don't have like an avatar, actually. Please don't listen, Kelly and Miranda. (laughs) We are going to edit this out just for Kelly and Miranda. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I kind of have a, a running one, I guess, but mainly it comes out of my sessions. What am I hearing myself say a lot? What what are my clients struggling with right now? What are some themes I'm seeing? And what do I hear myself, you know, saying, repeating or, and that's kind of how I come to speaking to my clients' pain points. It's really, what am I seeing in session? And I get inspired to write about it. I was listening yesterday to a live stream that Pat Flynn, who's like one of my most favorite entrepreneurs follows. And he was sharing this story of another entrepreneur that I really like, Ramit Sethi. And he was saying, you know, Ramit was telling him that he has a repository of stories that he can pull for talks and stuff. And so the reason I I brought that up was so when you're hearing these things in session do you make notes anywhere of like you know like whether it's on evernote or even just jotting something on you know like a note on a phone or anything Mm -hmm. yeah i have a bullet journal that has blog blog post ideas that and and then i also just even in squarespace i have my ideas are started on my blog page So I kind of, and then I have a note in my phone because I'll go running and I'll start if an idea comes to me, I could even start like a voice dictation of writing out bullet points. So I have a couple of different places where I'll keep like my creative notepads, if you will, of ideas. That's cool. And I've heard of the bullet journal, but it's like a physical journal. It is actually. You have to use a pen. (laughs) Oh, that is cool. Yeah, there's some amazing journals out there. Um, that's cool that you've been able to use the bullet journal. I wanted to shift a little bit and just talk a little bit about some of these tips that you could share because you've you've learned a lot. So what would you say are like the top three tips that you've learned when it comes to blogging? And maybe we can spend a little bit of time just diving a little deeper into each one. Mm-hmm. So certainly speak to someone, speak to someone's pain point, your ideal client. And I and make that apparent in the beginning of the whatever you're writing so that it, there is like a, an emotional connection to what they're reading and they have an interest in continuing to read. And I also, from the different coaching things that I've done too, is you want to create like a little bit of bridge of hope. So, you know, here's the pain point and then here is how reading this article is going to help you. And so I try to do that in all of my, anything that I write for my business. So I just want to make sure I heard it correctly. So it's when you're writing, you're speaking to a pain point and you are articulating on that pain point, but you're not just leaving the blog article. Like if somebody reads it, you're not just like kind of leaving them in a state of like heightened emotions, but you said it beautifully, a bridge of hope. So you're saying, now, I mean, I'm sure you were this way better than I'm about to say it, but now that you have, now you may be struggling with these emotions, here are some ways. And that is that sort of what you're mentioning by Bridge of Hope? Yes. Okay. And so it sounds like what it is, is the general format is 
noting a struggle or a pain point, like a nuance, right? Something that might be coming up in sessions, noting the emotions and the struggles and the kind of what's happening for people in their minds around this and articulating that and then transitioning to here are some like almost like quick solutions or or like some tangible things that you can do. Yes. Right. Yes. That's exactly right. So I wanted to ask you like a really random question because I know this is like I've seen this folks like articulate this, which I can understand the struggle of this. So now you you're writing this blog post and you're offering uh, tips or strategies or advice, right? Some folks say, you know what? So what if an, a client reads that and they get their, you know, they get they feel better and but that means that they may not call me to you know to do counseling. Is that I don't know what I would love to hear your thoughts around that. Well, if that potential client can read the blog post and feel better, then yay. Then and they don't need anything deeper. Then maybe they don't need counseling right now. And so it truly is my hope that my my blog posts are are helping people. Um, I find that my blog posts are a way for me to build relationships and trust with people before or while they're still ambivalent about whether or not they need counseling. So if they are coming to my website and reading my blog post and feeling a little bit better and then coming back again and reading, you know, and whatever my content is helping them, it's really likely. And this is the case because I ask my clients how they hear about me and stuff that when things get a little bit more challenging, they're going to reach out to me because that trust has already been created. Yeah, because they've remembered the content you've written, the advice you've shared, right? And that's such a good way of looking at it. Like maybe it's not that someone needs your services right when they're reading that blog post, but they remember and yeah, for, for future as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the first tip is speak to someone's pain point. What would you say is the second tip? So I would say SEO. If I had to, and I've analyzed this recently, actually, if I were to give credit to one single referral source, it would be Google because of SEO. So I make sure that the the words that my clients are going to be, my potential clients are going to be looking at and researching, those words are in my content so they can find me. How do you figure out what those words are? I use keywords. Keywords everywhere? Yes, yes, keywords everywhere. It used to be free. It's there's a minimal fee now. But I will I do this a couple times a year, go in and search my keywords like with Orlando Anxiety Therapist in Orlando and all those variations and find out how much they're being searched and make sure that my website aligns with that so my clients can find me. Also, when I do a blog post, I'll spend not a whole lot of time because it can be like a little bit of a rabbit hole, but I will spend a little time just seeing what are common, whatever I'm talking about, what is the common keywords that are used to search this particular topic. And Keywords Everywhere gives that information. Interesting. Okay, so you're both looking at your... Pretend you're looking at both your niche as well as like your geographic location as well, and seeing basically what are people searching for near me, and then let me just make sure those blog posts 
have those words in it, not in a way like you're like keyword stuffing, but that it's it's a natural flow into those blog posts and into the conversation. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm just making sure the phrases I'm using are the phrases they're using to search my content to, and find my content. Do you ever go back to like old blog posts and like retweak anything or is it more just, I have this insight and now I'm going to apply it to my blog post going forward? I have gone back and added some headings and keywords in some places. I haven't spent a whole tremendous amount of time doing it because by now my blog library is pretty big, but, um, but I have, I have definitely done that in the past. And then I've also refined my tags and categories and gone back through and refined those and, and made sure they matched up with the related content of the blog post. Um, so the, the second tip is SEO. And then what would you say? Any like a final tip or anything like that at all? This is the one that probably people aren't going to want to hear. You have to blog a lot. <laughs> It has to be consistent. I do it weekly. Okay. And I, but I have dropped down occasionally and I'll say I'm a little burned out. I need to drop back and then I'll drop back to every two weeks. But for the most part, I really put new content out weekly. How long are your blog posts typically? So I have also just shifted this too. They used to be about eight or 900 words and I would chunk things into series. And I have decided to just make it one long blog post recently. I've probably started doing that this year. So around anywhere from like 1,200 to 1,700 Mm. words, maybe even 2000. In some cases, I'm not exact, but that's a rough estimate. Yeah. I mean, it's actually, it is cool because uh, as I mean, it's your content is always obviously relevant. So you're not like putting filler sentences in there, but yeah, I mean, generally from what I know as well, that long form blog posts, especially like authoritative blog posts. Google really likes those when it comes to search engine rankings. And I guess the practical advantage is you can almost like tap multiple keywords, right? Through these longer form ones as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I wanted to ask you a little bit more about like your structure, because when you said that you were like, this is the part, you know, people may struggle with. <laughs> Do you block out a time to block like blog or like, I would love, like, I think folks would be really interested to know like what your process looks like when you're writing these. Yes. So this has been a process that continues to refine itself over time. I have found, okay, so let me just go back. Yes. Mondays when, when my kid used to go to school Mm. (laughs) was (laughs) the day that I would spend doing that. Cause I have like Mondays, my, creative and administrative day. It's just my business, the day I focus on my business. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday are my client days and Friday is my self-care day. And so I was, I did have this really defined time. And now today, obviously it's not that clearly defined. Um, But I was starting to struggle with that Monday being the day because I like to go in and out of my blog and kind of put some ideas in, come out, take a break and go back in. 
Hmm. So this, what I started doing was I, if I got an idea, I'd put it in one of those places, either on my phone or in the blog in Squarespace on my blog page or in my bullet journal and just kind of start the creative process that way. Um, and so when I would come in on Monday, like some of that process would already be, have would have already happened. So it was an easier thing than just having to grind out on Mondays. It was starting to be like, Oh, blog hell day. So I had to back out of that and, and switch it up a little bit and kind of touch in on it here and there when I was inspired. That's cool. That's cool that you actually like one, you're gathering ideas like in the moment. And then I would imagine as just, there's a feeling of relief, even just coming in on Monday, knowing that you're not starting something right at the beginning, but you actually have bullet points. You have a general idea of where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I wanted to ask you something related to that. So do you follow, do you have like a general template for your blog posts or is it more like everything starts with these bullet points and you just kind of go with it? I guess I, I don't have... I think I just kind of have a flow that is what happens without having really a, have a, having identified that like concretely. But I have that first little like try to connect with the client and create a bridge. And then the other thing that I do is I try to make I mentioned this, but where the where whoever's reading the article can skim it and kind of see what I'm talking about and make it really easy for them to chunk the information too. So that would be, if I had like a format, it would be connect and then make bullet points where they can see what the, what it is I'm talking about very easily. Got it. So make it connect with them, make it easy to read. And I imagine you're thinking about this too, like, because not everybody's on a laptop or a desktop, people are also scrolling through on a phone likely, right? And so you want to make that as easy as possible to to scan. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No, that's awesome, Lauren. I I think I'm actually questioned out. So (laughs) Um, Lauren, I really am just so, so grateful for you just being open about just sharing your process uh, behind this, because I know that a lot of folks are listening, want to start blogging, and they've maybe even put it off for long seasons. But I think the one thing that I'm taking away, and I, I think you would agree with this, is that you know we have such a wealth of knowledge, whether it's through our life experiences or through the clients that we serve. And I feel like one of the best ways that we can serve our clients is by putting that stuff out there, right? And, yes. and blogging is definitely one of those ways. And so I'm, I'm grateful for your courage to do uh, to, you know, to do that. Cause, uh, I don't know. I mean, I just think about like all the people's lives that have been impacted just because you didn't, you know, like you didn't stop with that first fish out of water blog post, you know? <laughs> Thank you. Yes. I appreciate that. And I would like to encourage anyone who's kind of on the fence or what have you just to, you know, go ahead and start writing. The, the process will start to refine itself, but it can't until you start. And so just go ahead and take the perfection glasses off and just allow yourself to tap into the flow. That's awesome. Lauren, where can we learn more about you and the awesome work that you're doing in the world? So my website is mindfullivingcounselingservices.com. And I am an anxiety and trauma therapist in Orlando, Florida. And 
my blog is there on that website. So feel free to check it out. And if you want to go back and look at those beginning blog posts, they're there. So you can see how the, the process has evolved. Yeah. Progress, not perfection, right? Perfect. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Lauren, thank you again for doing this. And uh, I really am just grateful for you. All right, Melvin. Thank you so much. Hey there, hope you enjoyed my conversation with Lauren. And especially if you have been thinking about blogging or have stopped or just have been at that point where you're kind of feeling burnt out and not really sure if it's helping, I hope that my conversation with Lauren has just given you some new ideas. One of the things that I took away from today's podcast session is to look into the bullet journal. I got a figure that out. I actually use another journal, which I have found like super helpful. It's actually an app because and it's not like a physical journal, but the one I use is called Day One. It's a common like online journal and uh, it allows me to, it's like almost like a five, it has different templates in there. And so I use like the five minute journal, but definitely have to look into this bullet journal. And I think the other sort of insight that I picked up from Lauren, among several others, is that Ideas for blog posts can come at different times. And one of the most important things that we can do is to have some sort of a place to articulate and write those down, whether it's our phone, a journal, or anything like, or something like Evernote. You can use that as well. I know that folks use Evernote, especially if, you know, they're, they see a blog post or they see a topic they're inspired by. So you can take like a screenshot and then put it into Evernote and just kind of gives you like inspiration for the blog post. So um, I hope that um, this really, the session one, encourages you to, to keep going on the blogging journey. And then two, just to really, to speak, to feel like every blog post doesn't need to try to speak to everyone, but actually really you have to speak to one person in one unique situation and really articulate the nuances of that. Lauren mentioned a number of resources, and you can find that on the show notes page for the blog, which you can find over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash session and the number 243. And just a completely different side note, but one of the things that I have, hopefully, when you by the time you hear this, I'll be doing this more regularly, and I'll be somewhat seasoned on this, but probably still an amateur, is that I'm going to start doing some more live streaming. I love being behind the mic, and I feel like I'm comfortable behind the mic. The thought of being on video still kind of scares me, even though I've done a lot of webinars and talks and all of those things. But I don't know, I've just been feeling a call to do more live streaming just because I feel like I love one, I love connecting and just having a place where we can just learn from each other. The the live streams, you can find them on my Facebook business page, as well as if I can figure out the tech, I'll, I will definitely put it on YouTube as well. And then I'll definitely put that in the Selling the Couch community as well. But they're going to cover a number of things. Some of them are just really practical things um, just around you know, for example, like what is your self-care routine? And so each of them, my plan is we'll have a topic and I'll spend a little bit of time sharing what I've kind of learned and then it'll be interactive. So uh, it'll give us the opportunity to also other folks, um, you know, you guys can also jump in and share stuff you've learned along the way. 
other topics will be kind of more beyond the couch kind of related topics. So things related to building online courses and email list building and membership sites and things like podcasting and live streaming stuff I've learned along the way. And um, so would yeah, if you're interested, I would love to have you a part of that. It's completely free. And I uh, just wanted to you know diversify and, and think creatively and, and continue to serve you guys really well. Hey, friends, we are on sabbatical from the STC podcast. This is my first sabbatical in seven years, but we will be back in April with brand new episodes of the STC podcast. In the meantime, there are a lot of things happening still with STC. Uh, among them is a brand new workshop that we put together for you that you can sign up at a date and time that works for you. If you are a successful private practitioner and interested in launching an online course, you can check out that workshop over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Again, that's sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course workshop. Have a great rest of your day and I'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Selling the Couch podcast. For more great content and to stay up to date, visit www.sellingthecouch.com. Hey there, hope you enjoyed this replay episode. And again, just wanted to invite you to download the free online course guide if you are thinking about launching an online course and just want some things that have been helpful for me and some of the tough lessons that I learned along the way. You can again download that over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash online course guide. And as I mentioned right at the beginning, we're actually starting a live cohort called Online Course School. This is a great opportunity to join with other therapists to validate and launch and record your online course. The best way to find out about this and to keep updated when the core launches is to download, again, the online course guide over at sellingthecouch.com. So if you've been listening to the STC podcast for a while, or you've been listening to podcasts and you've had this thought of, Mel, I would love to launch my own podcast in order to grow my business. Just wanted to encourage you to check out our free podcasting workshop, which is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop. You can basically sign up at a day and a time that works for you. It's 90 minutes. And when I do these workshops or when I record them, I truly believe in the quality teaching, so it's going to be well worth your time. We're going to go through gear recommendations and how to launch strategically and how to think about monetizing your podcast and how to line up your podcast with your existing offers and how to do it strategically and authentically uh, and not salesy and slimy um, and all of those things. So again, the link is over at sellingthecouch.com forward slash podcasting workshop.